We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As always, with my good buddy Dan, and it's not a victory pod for Sporting KC this week, but Mr. KU Rock Chalk Jayhawk over there, Daniel Kuzer, it's a uh, it's a KU victory pod. Uh, that's <laughs> is that the official KU celebratory chant? That's good stuff, dude. That's good stuff. What a what a time to be alive, huh? For well. Uh, not for wildcats and missouri tigers of course or, <laughs> but your uh, your tears are delicious i do enjoy those they hydrate and sustain me so <laughs> that, uh, that was a wild wild game that we had going on there it yeah. almost did not go the way that i think you uh you wanted it to go halftime was you gotta stay fun. calm you gotta stay calm and trust you gotta trust the process all right just like you gotta trust peter for like you gotta just relax Ooh. and and see it through you know mm-hmm. Yeah, we got some questions or some thoughts from from people on, on Peter Vermees that we'll, we'll oh, get boy. to a little bit later. But uh, uh, look, enjoy. First off, congratulations. Enjoy this national championship. Uh, yep, I did a lot. I did a lot. While you have it, because the NCAA will take it away in a year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking first from firsthand knowledge, somebody whose team that happened to. Um, <laughs> can they not, they can do that though they can take away the championship I mean, this year they did it to usc but look that right? we, all, we all saw the game we all know usc beat oklahoma 55 19 you can't yeah. take our memories away so this was a football game yeah back in uh 2004 orange bowl 2005 orange bowl there's a 2004 season the 2005 orange bowl oh, okay well it's yeah. just it's it's nice because i don't know did you did you see the stat that said that the uh the number one men and women's teams in 2020 mm-hmm. won the championships this year. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it goes like KU had said, like, we're playing for that 2020 team. You know what I mean? We're, well, they were going to be playing for Bill's seed for sure. Right. Uh, they were like, we're playing for Bill Self's uh, father who passed this season, you know? So it's like, man, what a, what a fun story. The, the, the journalists, I'm sure were so excited to have a heyday with this. Yeah. And, you know, it was compelling the other way, too, because if Carolina won, I was I was ready to be like, this is the greatest college basketball season of all time. They beat their arch rival and their coach on his last game at their stadium mm-hmm. in the regular season. Then they met for the first time again in the final four and they beat his ass again in the final four. And then they went on to win the national champ. Like it would have been 
if that if they would have pulled it off, it would have been the greatest college basketball season of all time. From like at least from a fan standpoint, if you're a Carolina fan, but right, I didn't celebrate too much afterwards. I was just kind of like, okay, number one seed beat the number eight. That's how it should be. Yeah, you know, load the plane, get your ass home. Like, were there fireworks around you? Because there were even on the Missouri side here, there were fireworks. Oh yeah, we got the old uh, neighborhood alert saying like, "Does anyone hear gunshots?" And it's like, just stop it, you non-sports people. (laughs) (laughs) I know the difference between a firework and a gunshot. These are definitely gunshots. And I think people just troll those people. They're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I think it was. It was definitely an (laughs) AK-47." I just my thing. If you ever actually think you hear gunshots, next door is not the first place I would. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to an app or or a or Reddit to like check on people. (laughs) I, I think I'm probably gonna maybe call the authorities i don't know that would be the logical thing to do <laughs> yeah so, well congrats but now i was telling you before we recorded they showed alan Fieldhouse with about four and a half seconds left in the game and the students yeah. had already stormed the court and were celebrating and i was like y'all just jinxed it yeah y'all just ruined the game even though ku has the ball and there's four and a half seconds left anything can happen and wouldn't yeah. you know it they try to inbound it and the dude steps on the out of bounds line as he's catching the ball inbounds and now carolina has the ball with four and a half seconds on the KU <laughs> end of the court and i'm like this is why you don't storm the court this is it and i it was the the angle that they showed that final shot there was a split second where i thought it went in and we were going to overtime absolutely now it was cool though that everyone stormed the court because ku fans don't get to storm the court because they're never in a low enough position to beat a higher seed to make that you know uh, be appealing like it yeah. well i mean ex- they're always top they, 10 it explains why they did it wrong like it, it yeah. it's also <laughs> a little anticlimactic to store the storm the court and then you're like well shit now we got another five minutes to play these last four and a half seconds because that's how right. college basketball works and we you know uh, we're standing around staring at each other now being like oh shit we might not have won what like there's something about when that clock hits zero 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 and then you storm the court and it's done that's how you do it well and then you got mass street having their own little uh you know travis scott crowd surge uh you know crowd (laughs) crowd smush going on or whatever shopping carts being surfed around the crowd (laughs) you know in 08 i went there this this is gonna sound crazy right back in my day jimmy back in my day in 2008 (laughs) I, i i went down to lawrence i was in topeka at the time and, you know, had a great time, but I had a Blackberry Pearl. So I wasn't taking all sorts of photos and videos to like upload to Facebook because I really don't think that phone could do that. So not, no. now you see all these people streaming from their phone, making Instagram stories that are dots instead of lines. Mm-hmm. If your Instagram story is dots, yo, there's a problem. <laughs> there's too many. There's too many stories. <laughs> I mean, they should be lines. Okay. Okay. And I just see, and I'm like, are you guys even taking in the moment or are you just making sure your followers see that you were there? You know, I don't know. That's me being old and crotchety now and not oh, being man, a drinker. A cloud. I'm lame now, dude. I, I'm like, when did this happen? When did I get this way to where I'm like, ugh, big crowd, not for me. Don't storm the court and act like you've been there before. <laughs> I've said that, yeah. But like, I see a crowd and I'm like, oof. No, thank you. <laughs> no, it's okay. I look at, I, I enjoy live music and I look at concerts and I'm like, I'm going to need a, a reserved seat in a bathroom nearby. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you will get me to yeah. a concert. <laughs> and I'll go to, I'll go to wrestling events and stuff. And I'm like, well, if we can get an aisle seat, that'd be great. Right. Exactly. 
I do that That's at movies our... now. I'm like, I don't Same. need to be sitting in the center for the screen. I'm nope. like, I need, I need the aisle so I can get out and go to the bathroom. We got aisle seats. <laughs> we got SKC aisle seats for our season tickets. It's like perfect. Yeah. I'll, you know, don't need to. All I got to do is move for people. Don't got to make yep. people move for me. I'll, I'll move for people all day. I just, I just want to mm-hmm. have, have free exits if I need to. <laughs> so, oh man. Yep. Anyway. Good times, that's, uh, rock chalk. The, the, congrats to all the, the Jayhawk fans out there. My condolences to all the Wildcats slash Tigers out there. But, uh, you know, maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> no. Uh, in terms of, of soccer, uh, it's a less fun podcast. Um, but before we get to that, if you have not yet left us a five-star rating and review, please go ahead and do so. You can do it on uh, Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a rating on Spotify if you haven't yet done so. That helps uh, more people find us. And we always appreciate your kind words and, and read them out loud whenever we get a new one. So make sure you go ahead and do that and uh, we'll give you a shout out. Absolutely. Podcast. Now let's, oh boy, Sporting Casey. We, uh, we got to talk about this game, unfortunately. And uh, we went into this game last week. I, I did not make a prediction because I had been called out numerous times about my, my predictions and, and I tend to have a curse that I put on the club when I predict a win. So I did not predict anything well, i i did make a prediction i'm i'm done i'm over it i'm not yeah. making any predictions anymore because <laughs> why why do you think that we know what we're talking about no <laughs> we do not this is major league soccer all we do is read email blasts and and it, it, it just sounds like a terrible place to work if i'm being honest major yeah. league soccer in general these email blasts coming saying they're pressing the panic button on skc did you see this Oh, is this from the, the latest MLS email? I haven't read it yet. This is from that guy that sends out the email Jason blast. Jones. Who is? Uh, yes, he's very smart, uh, apparently. Very smart guy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're six games into the season, but by all means, let's press the panic button. You schmuck! You freaking yeah. schmuck. I swear to God, dude. I got a little testy about it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, look, but we've, we've said before, they, they have to put out so much content on a daily, if not weekly, you know, especially weekly but daily basis really that it's like they, they just got to make storylines out of nothing so if it's like panic but now some people some of our listeners might be like now hold on this this is not out of nothing there's there's legitimate reason to panic because uh the fire vermees crowd is, is coming out so we're gonna we're gonna talk about them to them the real thing uh, oh yeah they, we got some mentions from the fire vermees crowd so we'll we'll see you know see what uh what they've said and, and what's going on here we'll try to uh try to address that uh, a little controversy i guess you can call it um spoiler alert i don't think peter for me should be fired I'm just gonna throw that out there but we'll talk about it a, a little bit more later but let's let's go through this game first let's talk about uh vancouver you know we went into this game knowing that vancouver had not yet won a game on the year they were uh oh and one at home oh three and oh on the road they were averaging uh like 0.3 points per game or something like that they had one point through uh four games played so i guess that's 0.25 points um so they had a negative whatever goal differential negative seven or something like that it it was not a team that sporting kc should have necessarily lost to even though Sporting's not at full strength. I think we both thought that Sporting had a decent chance to, at minimum, come out of here with a result, if not a win, right? Like, we didn't expect necessarily a full-on loss. 
that was uh, kind of the expectation there. Yeah, but uh, nothing matters anymore. The uh, <laughs> people's records and and form it doesn't matter because it's like the movie any given Sunday. Anyone can beat anybody. You know. I mean, on it. honestly, if if there's a lesson in MLS, I think you know we've said before, don't bet on MLS because you know, anything can happen. Like any team can be anybody on any time, and it's. Why just are you bringing practice. up Felipe? Oh, he did start. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we can we can joke now, right? Like it's in the past. We can joke. Hopefully, it's in the past. Yeah, I <laughs> I think you know we saw the return of of, of Kyrie. Or was he? In the, I don't even remember. Was he in the last game? I think he did start. Yeah, he started right. He started yeah, this game. Then Voinovich came in and subbed yeah. later on. Yeah, I think this was his first. I don't even remember what time is anymore, but I'm pretty sure this was his first game back in the starting lineup since the injury. Uh, Voinovich came off the bench. We also saw uh, Uri get back in the starting lineup. Now he was not nearly as fit as Kyrie, but this was, uh, you know, he, he came in and, and started and played a full 45. Um, so we had a front line of shallowy Shelton and Russell, and that's about sort of what we, where we want that to be all things considered. Um, and then the midfield was uh, Felipe Uri and uh, Remy Voltaire. And then that back line of Ben Sweat, Fontas, EC and Graham Zussi, uh, Logan and Dembe and uh, Marinos Janis had just come back from international duty. So it's not necessarily surprising that even though they were available for selection, they did not start. So, I mean, I see this lineup that comes out and I'm like, okay, I'm, I mean, I'm feeling better. I, I, I like Uri back there at the number six. I like Remy Voltaire at the number eight. Still wish we had Gotti Keen at the 10, but, uh, you know, Cavallini, the, their, uh, you know, supposed star forward or the guy who they signed thinking oh, at least would be a star forward was not in their starting lineup. So I thought that we had a, a, a pretty decent chance. And honestly, when the game started, I thought Sporting KC started off the game looking a little bit better than Vancouver. Yeah, so. I think, uh, yeah, they definitely seem like the better team. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like we, we had chances right we had threatening mm-hmm. uh uh moments but i just yeah. i don't know how we didn't get something put away now it's i didn't realize this i don't think until looking at some of the stats and, and whatnot after the game but there apparently was not a shot on goal registered by either team until the second half uh, yeah but but there there were moments where um you know, both teams threatened, uh, you know, Amelia got fouled kind of hard in the 32nd minute, but there was a dangerous moment there where Vancouver sent it across. Uh, EC kind of had a, 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 he fell down and then Fontes cleared it back toward the line. And so Vancouver had a chance there. Uh, Kyrie had a chance from about 25 yards out. And I saw some people kind of bagging on Kyrie for taking a shot that far out from goal because um, he doesn't have the most stellar goal scoring record, but when Kyrie's taking a shot from 25 yards out, you know, and, and it's, it's relatively early in the game. I think it was what 14th minute when that happened, I'm looking at that and I'm like, Hey, this is fine. I like the confidence from Kyrie. I like him making, making an attempt. Um, it went just wide, but well, what do you, what do you want him to do? I mean, it's, there's going to be people that were like, Oh, why didn't he shoot it there? Or it's like, Oh, why did he shoot it there? And it's like, uh, cause he's a forward. He's supposed to shoot it whenever he thinks he can, you know? Yeah, I think that's the tough thing with Kyrie is he's kind of in a no-win spot in some ways with with some people. Um, if he doesn't take chances and doesn't shoot when he's got that much space because he had a lot of space, people are going to say, hey, he's a forward who doesn't try to score. He's a forward who doesn't score at all. And then uh, when he does shoot, people are like, why is, the, why is he taking shots from 25 yards out? Uh, 
honestly, I think for me, the biggest problem right now still is there's just no continuity with this team. The chemistry isn't quite there yet in terms of like just being in form for MLS regular season, because even six games in, there's been so many injuries that have like altered the lineup across at least the front line and the midfield that we still really haven't. We, I mean, we definitely haven't because Gotti Kinda still hasn't played. We have not seen the first choice front line and midfield play together. And, and right now offense is the biggest problem I would say. So, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not like we just let in three goals or anything. It was a, it was a one nil loss. And, uh, you know, I, you know, when Peter was asked about it, he's just like, no, uh, that was, that was our game plan. We yeah, to lose. No, that was our game plan. Uh, but the only thing that didn't go according to plan was we didn't score. Right. And it's like, all right, great interview as usual. It's, you know, it, it's been almost a tale of two defenses. If you look at the game so far in, in, in three yeah. of the games that we played so far, we've let up three goals, two goals, three goals. And then in the other three games, we've let up zero goals, zero goals, and one goal. So the defense, the, it's there. And now the midfield having so much, you know, shuffling going around in it, um, Uri being injured and not really being able to get back in stride with sporting. And of course, this is his first year back in many years. Um, Roger kind of being in and out of the lineup, Felipe, you know, the, the, I think continuity in the midfield is something that's so important for this team, both defensively and offensively, to be able to connect the back line to the front line and to be able to, to slow down sort of the counter that, that other teams do against sporting so often because we control possession so much. I think that's just, I, I think people are criminally underrating how difficult it is. And Peter kind of said this early on, how difficult it is to get any sort of rhythm or consistency when you're having so many lineup changes on a weekly basis. So exactly. Like you're not gonna, I mean, it's like that one season where Matt Beasler had like a different, you know, center back partner, like every week, it seemed right. they just couldn't find someone that would work with them. And, you know, you're not going to be better if, if you don't have consistency. Right. It is tough. Um, you know, in, in the second half, Vancouver looked, you know, the better side probably for, for a, a bit of it, you know, not entirely like a dominant side, but, um, but eventually they did break through. Um, it was in the, the 73rd minute, I believe it was Ryan Raposo kind of gets the ball uh, on a little chip um, into the box. And he just, there's, there's a little bit of a mess. Amelia's falling down, trying to get to it. And it's at a tight angle, but Reposo, it's his first MLS goal, I believe, puts it past Melia, gives the 1-0 lead to Sporting KC in the 73rd minute. And just no offense. None, the, the, there was really no opportunity to, to get back in. And, and they weren't able to, to find the goal to even it up and get out of there with a point. But you'd like to think that, okay, with Daniel Shallowy, and, and Johnny Russell, who are both coming off, you know, pretty good offensive seasons that if the defense gives up a single goal, then you're feeling pretty good about sporting Casey's chances in most games, I would think. Yeah, that's a great thing. I mean, one, one goal's not bad, but it is against Vancouver who's supposed to be bad. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't even know what to think yet. I don't think we've seen the true DNA of this team yet. Um, I think people need to ride this out and just relax. It's freaking, you know, April 6th here. Like, 
let's calm down. You know, it's, it's frustrating. It is, you know, what else was frustrating being down by 15 at halftime as a, you know, Kansas Jayhawks. (laughs) So like, you just need to relax. There's all, there's a always, we're not even halfway through the season. Like, and that dude saying on the email blast to everybody who signed up for this, which I'm like, why did I sign up? I'm not done subscribe to this nonsense. <laughs> Cause I'm just, how can you even claim that? How can you claim that it's time to hit the panic button? I think are we panicked? No, I, I no. think that's coming from somebody who doesn't know much. Makes sense. <laughs> simply does not watch the games he writes about. Because if you really thought it was time to hit the panic button six games into a year for Sporting KC, who they have not really had their full strength lineup out there yet, and they're getting closer to having, you know, one of their designated players back, and they're getting closer to being in a more consistent health space where they're going to have a closer to a full starting 11 back, you know, there's 28 games left. Let's, let's pump yeah. the brakes a little bit quite a bit and we're still following my rule that if you win every game at home and lose everyone on the road you still make the playoffs so let's just calm down until we have a draw at home then it's like oh shit we're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) the rule of coups we're going to make that an official pod rule you know it's happening and 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 here's the thing so yes um it's way too early to be looking at conference standings, but let's just, for the sake of getting people to calm down a little bit, six points through six games. Yep. That's not great. One point per game, two Oh and at home. Oh, four and Oh on the road. Okay. Well, we've played twice as many road games as we have home games. So there's a little bit of opportunity there for making up some points. Um, we've lost every single game we've played on the road, no draws or anything. That's not going to be a consistent trend throughout the year. Uh, we've won every home game so far, but you know, it's two. that's, that's not going to be a consistent trend either, but winning or drawing most of your games on the road is certainly a possibility. And we're going to win a few on the road and we're going to get some draws. We're not going to lose every single road game. So there's going to be some self-correction here, but also you want to know how many points the third place team in the West has right now? How many? Nine points. We're three points off. We're in 11th place right now. We're three points off the third place team granted they've got a game in hand but still like game in hand doesn't necessarily equate to point like we just it's so far from panic button territory that agreed people just kind of got to relax um and like you said peter after the game when they he was asked his thoughts he goes the only thing that was really lacking was goals our game plan was good and we took advantage of the things that we talked about we just need to score the chances that we had. We had some very good chances that we either didn't execute on the final shot in a good technical way, or we were just too slow to the trigger. And, and I think, I, I don't want to sound like a Peter Vermees apologist, but I think, you know, the advanced stats kind of back them up because the expected goals, it's only one expected goal that, that Vancouver um, had one XG SKC was 0.6. And, and it, they were basically tracking neck and neck throughout the entire game until Vancouver scored. Um, it's the offense just has to work itself out. Yeah. And I think it will. It's that's the big deal, right? Like it's, it's offense right now. I mean, how think back to at this point last year, 
when we were talking about Johnny Russell, Johnny Russell struggling, Johnny Russell's got the captain's armband now, but as he passed his prime is this, is that blah, blah, blah. And then by the end of the year, Johnny Russell's setting goal scoring streak records for sporting KC because suddenly he scored like nine goals in eight straight games. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just so early. And, and I think people just need to kind of take a step back and realize that it's okay. Now, Uri came out at halftime, and that kind of messes up the midfield a little more, right? Because now suddenly Remy Voltaire has to fall back to the number six. Roger has to come in at, at the number eight, and Felipe's at the number 10. And Felipe's not a natural 10. Voltaire's not a natural number six. Roger obviously can play the eight, but I think Roger does best at the eight when he has a more natural six and 10 in front of him. So it's just. I don't know. Now you sent me, I want to ask you this. You sent me an interesting text about Kyrie Shelton during the Which game. one? I, I did? Yes. Oh, yes. Now, Kyrie prides himself on playing the game the right way, you could say. He does not go down easily. He, right. he tries to stay up. People pull him down. And in many cases, that, that's a good move because sometimes people go down too easy and you give up chances if you would have stayed up. Kyrie almost has the opposite problem. And, and it, it, I'm starting to, to get the sense that you'd like to see Kyrie maybe try to take advantage of going down a little bit more because he's clearly not getting the calls he deserves. Well, no, okay. You don't like to see that happen. You don't like that. It's just, but you got to play the game. Like, you know how this league works. You see other people get the fouls because they fall down. And as a bigger guy myself, if I don't fall down, if I get nicked, I don't get the foul called. Some guy might have stepped on my foot like crazy, but I'm going to push through because I'm badass. But that's what Kyrie Shelton is. He's a badass. But you can't complain about, I'm sorry, man. I'm mad about it too. But you can't complain about not getting the calls if you're not going to play the game. Right? It's a sucky game. It's a sucky thing you got to play into. But it's it's important. Yeah. You, 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 there's an, it's almost like an art. Yeah. There's an art to learning when to go down, when to try to get that call. And you can't do it too much because then you become Dom Dwyer or Latif where every time you go down, they're going to just wave you to get up because they think you're doing it too much. But, yeah. but Kyrie almost has, has the opposite problem where when he doesn't go down, then he's not getting calls that he sometimes should get. You know, he got pulled from behind on what could have been a pretty clear foul. And if he goes down there, I think he gets that call. Now you can I say he's so got too. more integrity than some other players so he doesn't go down but that's an instance where you know maybe the strategic play there is go down and i think that's just something that he's still got to continue to work on and figure out okay when do i go down to try to draw this foul and, and we're playing a little bit of the hindsight is 2020 game here because if he would have stayed up and scored and then like this is why it's great Kyrie doesn't go down but i don't know i think it's just it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on compared to some of the other forwards who, who go down a lot more well, sure. And this is the thing, like, you're going to, oh, my Lord, I absolutely lost my train of thought. Oh, like, instant replay can go back and look at it and be like, oh, well, the pro referee organization has absolutely reviewed this and have absolutely deemed this a foul. And it's like, cool. What does that mean? Like, what's that do for us? Nothing. Right. Like, thank you. Like, we know it was a foul. We're complaining about it not being a foul. So, like, what are you doing? Uh, also, water's wet jive turkeys like, <laughs> jive <I> just, turkeys <laughs> just get I, I don't know man well, i'm upset with Kyrie too but i can look at the other side and say gotta play the game dude mm -hmm. you do you gotta play the game so 
And it's a shitty game. I, I agree. It's it's bad that it gets the reputation it does. But I'll argue that argue. What what is that? I, I'll argue. Turn in, turn in the George W. There. Yeah, dang it. I'll tell you the uh, uh, basketball players are a little softer than soccer players. Come fight me, because oh look at this. Oh, you found me. You hit my you hit my hand while I was shooting. Oh, totally hurts. Soccer players get freaking cleated and fall down and roll around because it hurts and nothing gets done about it. Nothing gets called. But goddamn, if they're not calling everything on a basketball court, it's insane. A lot now. Yeah. And I know basketball players aren't soft. So why can't they have a little more, uh, you know, leeway? You want to go back to the, like the mid 90s era of hand checking in the NBA and, and whatnot? Yeah. Or... <laughs> I've been watching Winning Time on HBO. It's been a blast. Oh. It's good. I haven't caught up on the latest episode yet. But oh, it's, it's good. Good. Cause they actually play ball. It's exciting. <laughs> it's a good show. If you haven't checked it out, it is About the uh, Showtime Lakers. Um, Were you a Lakers but, fan when you lived there? Yeah, I was. I mean, like okay. basketball, not a Clippers never, fan. Like, no one's no, a Clippers fan. No, no, no. Basketball was never my a number one sport, but like I grew up in LA in like the prime Shaq and Kobe years. Like oh, I, sure. have, I have distinct, uh, I'm sitting at a literal hot dog stand in LA when we're playing the Kings and Vladi Divac hits the ball out to try to clear it. And Robert Ory standing there at the top of the three point line, picks it up and shoots it, drains it, turns around. I remember distinctly watching that game happen live and it's all going crazy and being like, Oh, we beat the Kings. And it's great. Well, I don't know. What is that? What was the importance oh, of that game? It was in the playoffs. This win. The oh, okay. I don't, I don't follow NBA. I, I think I might okay. try to follow the playoffs this year since the yeah. bowls look to maybe make it, but uh We'll see what happens. Well, the Lakers are hot garbage this year, so. Right, right. <laughs> um, anywho, so look, bummer of a game. Not a victory pod for, for Sporting Kansas City. Uh, we're going on to, to face Nashville SC now, back at home. Oh, boy. Night. And Nashville last year was a good team. They're, they're getting off to a little slower start, but they have a very good defense. Little worried about these guys, man. They're pretty good, and I don't think they've shown what they can. No, they, uh, they, they unfortunately, um, for them, uh, oh, no, sorry. I thought they lost. I was going to say they lost to Columbus 1-0 last week. No, but they won 1-0 against Columbus last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Walker Zimmerman coming back from U.S. men's national team duty. Uh, you know, he's a, a best 11 center back. So, you know, they have – their strength is their defense. Um, you know, they won last game against Columbus 1-0, like I said only having 33% possession for the entire game, six shots to 19, uh, three shots on goal to four for Columbus. I mean, this is like the quintessential like sporting KC game that Nashville, like or sporting KC opponent where uh, Nashville just got outshot, outpossessed, out everything. And yet somehow came away with a one out win. It just happened against Columbus instead of SKC. So this does worry me a little bit because that's the, and it was on the road in Columbus. So yeah, that's kind of the blueprint for how you beat Sporting KC is just sort of take your lumps in possession and then go out there, steal a goal on the road, and you come out of there with with three points. Yeah, man, it's it's not. I'm not. I'm not excited to see Nashville because they got they got great players. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. Uh, it's always always nice to pick out a couple great players to watch from the other team, right? But you don't want them to win by any means, and this game scares me a little bit. It does. You know, last time we played Columbus or excuse me, Nashville, I think it might be the only time I think we've ever played Nashville was in uh, October of 2020. We won two to one here in Kansas city. I don't believe we played in Nashville really ever. 
Um, and, and of course they haven't played any home games yet. Cause I think their stadium is, is still, you know, being finished. That's uh, right. It will be finished when we play them this summer. It will be. So, but right now they're, they're doing that road trip. So that's, that's maybe the, the, the only one of the biggest saving graces for sporting KC is Nashville's just constantly on the road right now. Yeah. So, but they know they, they need to still work hard and pick up some road points. So maybe it's easier when they get home, you know? Yeah. We have six points through six games. They have seven points through five games. Uh, we both have only scored four goals on the year, but they've let up only five to our nine. They're two, two, and one on the road. So this is a good team that should uh, end up being a playoff team in all likelihood. Um, this is very easily a game that, that Kansas City could go on and win. This is also a game that that Nashville could very easily come in here and win 1-0, 2-1, kind of steal three points. So I don't know. This one this one definitely makes me a little nervous. And, and without having a um, a good striker um, option available consistently, having a guy like Walker Zimmerman back there definitely makes me a little bit nervous. But yeah, for but sure. We'll see. And, and the good news is, uh, no, there's no good news. I was going to say Gotti Kinda is out there doing some work, but it's like, then Peter tells Daniel Sperry that, you know, he's in full on off season mode. It's like, oh boy, he's nowhere near coming back this way. Or is he lying? Cause Peter has lied to us. I was going to say, I think if I were a betting person, I would say, yeah, probably not that we'll see sport, uh, uh, Gotti Kinda for Sporting KC this weekend. However, I would also have 0% surprise if we get the 18 and Gotti Kinda is available for selection and then he comes on in like the 60th minute. That'd be wild. And, and what he did something like that a while ago. A few weeks back, he said like, um, they're progressing. You know, he didn't right. want to say anything. And it's like, he delivers it so well. I'm like, you doggone poker playing son of a bitch. Like, it just drives me crazy when Peter doesn't tell us the whole truth, nothing but the truth. I mean, he could still be in off-season mode, but it might be like two games before or two days before the first game of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, He's still knows? in off-season mode, right. You know, he's not back to, you know, peak mid-season form, but he's he's able to, mm. to give us some minutes. PV's so, a crafty, crafty little devil. I mean, he's not going to give anything away that's going to give another team a competitive advantage. No, of course not. So, but like we're we're the media. We'll be we'll be secretive. Like we can we can keep secret. Well, but I mean, I think we've talked about this before. But like that's why we don't get the the formation graphics until right before kick. Now is you know, PV didn't want to give any little advantage right to the opposing which, team, which no one would ever guess what formation <laughs> he's playing. We'll never understand. Well, yeah, fair, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So I think uh, I don't know. It's. I'm nervous. I, I don't really know what to expect. I, I mean, I'd like to say Sporting KC gets a result, but we'll see. You so. don't say anything, sir. We <laughs> do not do predictions on this podcast. That's true. Uh, let's get to some questions um, slash thoughts. Um, Pacific Northwest SKC supporters says, sorry, we put the Jimmy Jinx on the hot seat last week. Really thought it was going to be a lovely night in America's hat. So, hey. ah. We got the, uh, the Coos Jinx now. Um, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> uh, they go on to say, did it seem to you guys that SKC was almost afraid slash hesitant to shoot? A couple instances where Johnny slicked to have a window but didn't fire away. Um, hey, Jimmy, I was distracted a little bit. I, I told you I wasn't going to try to watch WrestleMania and the well, game at the same time. And we I, all knew. 
I did. I put up Manny on the laptop and I muted the SKC game on the TV. It was sorry, Nate. Sorry. Sorry, Jacob. I, I love you guys, but <laughs> had to mute you. Had, you. you had stolen cold there that you were, you were trying to pay attention to. It was a hell of a time. Hell, hell of a weekend <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah, man, I, I just, it didn't seem like they were too hesitant, did it? I, I didn't come away thinking they were hesitant. I mean, they got 11 shots off, so that's not necessarily bad. Yeah, only four on goal. Four on goal. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, and 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 Johnny, he's still working his way back from national team duty. Of course, he had that goal with with Cyprus that was was pretty amazing. Um, I think he he there. Was, I know the play he's referencing. There was one play where he had a little bit of a window, and I think he was trying to create a little bit more space for him, and then it kind of dissipated pretty quick. So in that one instance, yes, I think there was some hesitancy. Uh, on the whole, I didn't come away from the game thinking, wow, they're hesitant to shoot. I just came away thinking it's not a whole lot of creativity right there. Like sometimes yeah. Daniel and Johnny get, get something going because they're both talented players, but they're missing really that connection from them. They're missing someone like Gadi Kinda, who provides enough yeah. of an, an offensive spark and creativity from the midfield um, that can that can help Kyrie draw some players away and create space for Daniel and Johnny on the wings. Yeah, but you can't you can't hold out hope. You can't hold out hope for a hero. Okay, you can't hold out for Gotti Kinda because you got to have the next man up mentality, right? So to the, to think that Polito and Gotti Kinda absolutely save this team is is a ridiculous notion, and we should not even be having that conversation because there's there's a ton more problems if that's the, if that's the case. That's fair, and I mean, I like you didn't Felipe. even sing the song. I felt like you would sing a song. I said, I'm holding ever a hero. <laughs> I, I like Felipe. I, I don't like that Felipe's our, you know, de facto backup number 10, because I don't think that's necessarily yeah. his best position. He's like, can I make that kind of money too? Like, what are we doing? He's more of an eight for me, but I've been saying for a while that like, that's maybe my biggest gripe with the roster construction right now is I wish we had another number 10 and I wish we had another number six. Yeah. But we don't so it is what it is um i don't know we'll see i i i think gotti keen to coming back can help i think Uri getting back into full form can help i think the front line just getting their chemistry back together can help and i i, I think you know it's a new season we just gotta work our way back into it and now if we're three four five games from now and and we're sound like a broken record and having the same conversations it's a different story yeah but you know Let's let's see what happens against Nashville. If we, if if this is a good solid win, then suddenly all those you know negative Twitter people are are, are going to kind of <laughs> go back to the shadows a little bit more. So, uh, not not to call too out specifically, but they asked the question. Uh, Ian Seibert is is PV on the hot seat, and um, I don't know how to say this name. T O A Y C. Uh, well went a little bit more intense and said PV can't or won't fix the team. What's it going to take for the owners to say, quote, thanks for the memories and bring in somebody who will actually win something. See, that's intense. I, you know, I'll get by, I like Ian's passive uh, approach there. Like, Hey, is he like, I'd like to know, tell me, tell me if he is or isn't, you know, but uh, I don't, I don't think he's on the hot seat, but I will say what it will take. I think, I think missing the playoffs this year would be, uh, an awakening moment i don't think he would be fired but i i think it would be i think there would be some conversations with him after the season if they somehow missed the playoffs where they'd be like 
let's have a serious conversation about what happens here and we need a specific plan about exactly how you're going to fix it and some goals that we're going to hit and if we don't hit those goals we're having another conversation um i think it's a little prisoner of the moment and again i don't want to sit here and be just like mr peter vermees defender but i think it's a little prisoner of the moment to say peter vermees can't or won't fix the team because you know we had a, a 2018 where they set uh, a, a goal scoring record 2019 was, was obviously a, a rough year in terms of um, missing the playoffs. Then 2020 came back, made the playoffs 2021 came back were um, in contention for first place in the Western conference all the way through decision day. Like I think people underestimate how difficult it actually is to win MLS cup, honestly. Oh, like, very much. So. I know we're going on 10 years since our last one, but like, it's very hard to win MLS cup. And I know there are teams like Seattle or whatnot, but like, yeah, I mean, Seattle and Portland have been the Western conference representative in uh, MLS cup up until, you know, for, for however many of the last, however many years. But so it's just sporting KC is just now getting to the point where they're willing to spend a little more, where they're bringing in some, uh, some more quality players. And, and it's just, more teams get added to the league, but that much harder it is to, to continue to, to win an MLS cup. So, and we're what 2017, we won the U S open cup. And then there haven't been, hasn't been a U.S. open cup the last couple of years. So, like just let's chill out a little bit with find somebody who will actually win something because I think well, we're, just... we're spoiled. I think, I think yes. we've been spoiled for a little bit. So, I mean, Gosh, what what was let's go back to KU. Was Bill Self ever on the hot seat because he hasn't won a national title since uh 2008? Right. Like it's hard hard as hell to win a national title in college basketball. Right. And and even when they they didn't win the conference tournament very often too. You know, was he on the hot seat when he didn't win the league that one year because that's an expectation? Like I don't know. It's just uh we just got to relax here. I think everything's fine. It reminds me of, I think I've told this story before, but when, when USC football, for most of our listeners probably know, obviously I'm a, a USC fan. I went there, grew up in LA. When USC football was in the midst of their run with Pete Carroll, and it was like every year, like Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, National Championship, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. Like we got to the Rose Bowl for like our fifth time or whatever in that span. And I was like, what? Rose Bowl again? Like, I don't want to go to another Rose Bowl. Like, I just want a national championship. Like, not realizing that like I'm taking for granted the second greatest bowl game outside of the national championship in all of college football. Like this is a big deal. And then there was a period of time after Pete Carroll left when we did not get any Rose bowls. And I was like, what I would give to be able to get back to that and appreciate what I had that I didn't realize I had. And then when we finally won one again in 2017, I was like, this felt like a, a championship. I was like, we finally did it. We got back and won a, a Rose Bowl. And, and the, the parallel for me is like, it's just an expectation that Sporting KC not only gets into the playoffs, but at least hosts a home playoff game. Like we yeah. will do it and we will win playoff games. And if we don't get to the MLS Cup, then like it's a failure. And I understand that Peter would say that, but like there are also a lot of teams out there that don't make the playoffs year in, year out, where it's not a set expectation that we, we will make the playoffs year in, year out. And I think it's just... Who, who are you going to hire instead of Peter Ramiz? Right. 
like that's ultimately what it comes down to. We just gotta just gotta chillax here. I don't want to make any knee jerk reactions to things yet. You know what I mean? We, we've 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 got time. Right. Good lord, it's a long freaking season. Let's right. let's let's hold up. It's we're we're good. We're good. You think you think baseball freaks out after going on like some ten game losing skid when they're like, oh well, only one hundred and twenty more games. <laughs> And and we know Sporting KC can be streaky. We could on Saturday beat Nashville, and it could be the start of a twelve-game unbeaten run. Like it, oh. that's happened before. Yeah, you heard it. Jimmy's calling it. <laughs> well, don't say that because I don't want it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, we appreciate all the questions, and, and you certainly don't have to agree with us. And, and you know, who yeah. knows? We could. This, I if this appreciate the dialogue. This is when we'd fast forward into two years, and they'd be like, "And this is when Peter Vermeil was fired because they missed the playoffs for the next two years." But Hopefully not. <laughs> so, um, do you have anything else sporting KC related that you want to talk about before we maybe talk a little bit of World Cup slash, well, you know, uh, Concacaf Champions League? Sure. I mean, Sporting KC two got their first victory against Minnesota they scored United in like two minutes. They scored in the first two minutes, and then uh, again later on in the game, and they they look kind of fun, man. Kind of spry, kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, kind of put together you see benny on the on the sideline they're up in minnesota freezing their butts off while it's like <laughs> snowing on them i think but uh i don't know it's cool to watch the stream the stream was okay mm-hmm. i was streaming it on my phone um so pretty pretty neat we'll have to try to get out and see a game or something yeah i still hate the mls next pro font why it's so cool it's so edgy it hurts my eye. I'm like, why are there two different L's, two different twos, two different. And you see the X is like a twinkle, a twinkle in your eye. I hate it. You know so what I'm saying? You don't like a twinkle? So um, um, hater of dreams, everyone. Shout out to SKC2. Uh, Kansas City Current, I think, lost their first game of the year, but but they're having, they're, they're off to a pretty decent first start. First home game of the year. Or first home game. You're right. Sorry. But it, was, it wasn't just a loss. It was a bloodbath and yeah. uh, well. not exactly fun to attend and i'm sure uh the women were very upset to bring that performance uh to the home crowd so i'm sure they'll bounce back they will i like what they're doing this year i think i think they'll be just fine this year so yeah and this was against the team that they they went to their place and tied they they drew with them so Mm -hmm. then they came here and they're probably like nah it's time to turn it up (laughs) (laughs) um so yesterday tuesday uh didn't happen by the time we at the time of, of this recording, but Pumas and Cruz, Cruz Azul uh, played for leg, uh, leg one of semifinals in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, leg two will be uh, on April 12th. Um, but tonight, Seattle plays New York City FC in leg one of uh, CONCACAF Champions League semifinal at Lumen Field in Seattle. And so we got a little uh, Liga MX on, on one side and MLS on the other side. So we're going to get an MLS versus Liga MX final uh, later this year. But uh, do you have a preference, really? Seattle, NYC, do you think one or the other has a better chance of beating Liga MX? Are you pulling for MLS right now? Or, or where are your, where's your head? Oh, you got to pull for MLS. And I think uh, just for the story, I think it'd be cool to NY, for NYC to get it done. Um, just hot off the heels of MLS Cup, like, it just makes sense, right? Like they were the best team uh, a few months ago, so they should be able to go get this done. Yeah, I, I think, in all honesty, if I had to choose one of those two teams to to be the first MLS team to do it, 
I'd probably rather it be NYCFC just because I don't think their fans will be nearly as insufferable as Seattle fans would be if they became the first MLS team to do it. No, they'd be grateful. They'd be, you know, ambitious. They, they'd be very humble because they don't even have a stadium. They, they know how <laughs> they know how to be humble. Okay. They're like, we play in a baseball stadium. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> we have our, our tiny little flag banner from, for our MLS yeah. championship that's hanging in the stadium that we have to take down every game because we're not allowed oh. to actually put one up. If Seattle wins, <laughs> you're going to have to mute all your Seattle people on Twitter, oh, you know, and, or hide their stuff for 30 days or whatever you can do. <laughs> the only team that I would hate more being the first MLS team to win uh, CONCACAF Champions League than Seattle would be Atlanta. Yeah, that would suck too. Yeah. <laughs> Put them so, right up there with each other. So, I mean, go NYC, man. But Seattle was Atlanta before Atlanta existed. So that's, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I don't need their fans. With, with that sort of ammo would be um, really cool is if seattle was on the other side and they both win and they're in the finals and now it's like which mls cup club is going to win it all you know that would have been great that would have been cool but alas it always comes down to mls and, and liga mx so yep it's coming back uh coming back around to that this year so we'll see um and then the last big news of the, the week i guess to, to talk about is we finally know which group the U.S. men's national team is in the 2022 Men's World Cup. And we know two of their three opponents in Group B. Uh, I, I don't know if you watched the draw. It's a, it's a very interesting process. It was very dramatic, very over the top, very you know, lots of pageantry. I did but, not um, watch it. I, I didn't. Is that interesting? To I people? mean, I, I was watching it because I was like, I want to know who, who we're playing. And it was, but I mean, it was like two hours long. And then, you know, they have the, the balls that they're shuffling around and pulling, except one ball's red because they have to pull that one first oh, okay. because Cutter go, always goes into group A. So they're they, like, they pull the ball and they're like, B7. And you're like, bingo, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> they, they pull it out and they open it up and then they read it and they had different legends that were kind of reading it or whatnot. Uh, huh. Carly Lloyd was there. Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba was there. What the hell? Um, yeah, it, there, was, there was a lot of people that were there. Um, it was oh, a whole yeah. thing um greg Baralter was there alexi lawless was pissed because he was saying on the broadcast they're taking so what? long that every second that they're doing the pageantry is one less second that greg Baralter and his team has to scout his opponents and i Did was like just... alexi <laughs> chill out you just followed idris elbow with greg Baralter. like i was so excited i was like heimdall that's insane <laughs> and then you were like greg Baralter, and i'm like i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah. alexi was just being full alexi and i was like nobody wants you on their tv right now yeah, so, he's a little much sometimes. Uh, well, that's cool. And, you know, we got England in there. That's a big one. And it, that, This was the interesting part. Like, it's there, there's all sorts of rules about who's allowed to be in what group, and you can't be in, in the same group as another person from your confederation unless you're Europe, and you can have it up to two people. But, you know, and so there's all sorts of moving around. But we ended up in Group B. Um, England, obviously the, the toughest opponent. Um, They've never beat us before, I read. Is, is that in, right? In the World Cup. No, like, aren't, aren't, I don't know, the past few appearances against them, aren't, aren't we unbeaten against them? Uh, I would have to fact check that. I don't know. Okay. You fact check me all you want. I feel like I read that somewhere <laughs> and I got a really good memory. So I'm kind of going to, going to stand by it. Let's see. But here. I will tell you, we're in there with Iran as well. And then a winner of a playoff series, which I'm hoping is Scotland because I became a, a Scotland fan after uh, Ancestry DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, England beat the USA. If this is, 
Yeah, in November 2018, 3-0. What is a stat that I read then? Uh, we're the last time we played. I was like, we've we've played England um, 11 times. Of those 11 times, we've lost eight. <laughs> so This is weird to me. Like, I feel like I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. I mean, I'll get back to you on that's that. That's a very – I mean, that's based on this website that I'm looking at, and that dates back to, to 1950. So Gotcha. We'll see. We last time we beat England was June 1993, apparently. Okay. So and then, then before that in like 1950, we drew good them job. in the World Cup. This is, I think, what you read. I don't. We've never lost to England in the World Cup. Okay, there we go. So we're unbeaten against them in the World Cup. We drew. We drew with them and we beat them. Boom. The World Cup. That was what I read. I knew I read something. <laughs> I was like, that was it. Definitely lost to England. Um, yes. So that's a great stat. That's great. There you go. Um, but England's got a lot of good players. So, you know, that's not, not my favorite. And then Iran and Iran has a sneaky underrated team. I think a lot of people saw Iran and they're like, Oh, easy. But Iran is, uh, they, they've got some players and, and, and that's, that's not an automatic win. And then yeah. the third team is either going to be Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine. And, and they have to get through the European playoff and, and we'll know in June who, who our third team is, but right. Got to wait I mean, for Ukraine to wrap up their uh, war or something or other yeah, or something going on. Busy being attacked and having war crimes committed against them. Little, little bit, little something else going on. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this, this is not the hardest group in the world. Um, you know, it could have been, uh, you know, Group E has Spain and Germany in it. That's not fun. Yeah. Group F has Belgium and Croatia in it and Canada. That's not fun. Like, hey, do the top two teams in each group go go through? Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, it's been so, so long since we've been in a World Cup. I don't even know how it works. Like, you know, six points probably gets us through. So, like, if we can beat Iran and if we can beat Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales, whichever one comes through, like, even if we lose to England, we're probably going through. I could so I could see us going through in like second place with like six or seven points. I could also see us going home with like one point because we lose to England, we lose to Scotland and we tie Iran or something like yeah. all of these are, are plausible options. It's wild, man. But USMNT has a lot more going on this year as far as like CONCACAF Nations League, as far as uh, uh, not the Gold Cup. What, what else? Don't they have another competition this year? Or is that the only one? They have some friendlies later on. The Nations League is definitely happening. I don't. I don't think there's a Gold Cup this year. Is no, there, isn't Gold Cup was last year. year. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. But, but you got some friendlies later on in the fall mm-hmm. um, to gear up. So probably want to set up some European friendlies and get ready to play against some of those European national teams too. Like you know England, and then we we have two European teams in our group. So that's tough. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Really would have liked to swap with the Netherlands because they were in pot two, so we could have swapped with them, and then we would have been in Group A with Qatar, Ecuador, and Senegal. That would have been a much easier group to get out of. But you know. <laughs> that's all right. This is in no means a, a group of death or anything like people like to say. But we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. It's you know, there's there's no like one. I mean, maybe Group E with Spain and Germany. That sucks for for japan costa rica is in a playoff there against new zealand so they could end up in a group with spain and germany so good luck to them yeah. um canada they're in group f with belgium croatia and morocco so that's a tough group too that's a rough one i mean trying to get out of that group with with, with belgium and croatia granted croatia may not quite be what they were four years ago but um you know luka modric is, is still there and uh you know um they're they're a tough team uh but 
we did have our boy, um, Nikola Voinovich, who uh, he tweeted at us and yep. said, hey, you know who to call when you want to discuss Group G because that's where Serbia is. And then uh, he, he, we told him he could be our official No Other Pod Serbia correspondent. And then he, uh, he replied and was like, hey, I can talk about Croatia too. And then he put what? hashtag Balkan rules. So <laughs> what? Okay. Did we, did we ask for him to tweet at us? No, no, he just he's did just, it. So that's friends. That means we're best friends. Yeah. We got to get him on to talk uh, Serbia and Croatia. hundred percent. That just doesn't happen. What, why, why is he so obsessed with us? Like, I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause I, I think the guy is a great talent and uh, I don't know what we got to do to get him on here, man. Like again, fix your work shit. Fix your work schedule and let's go. <laughs> I want to have him on. I mean, he was he was playing around with us a, a few weeks ago. I was like, hey, when I score, then I'll come on. And, well, now and he's so, playing 20 minutes a game, Jimmy. I know. We got to reach out. The chances out. are down. We got to reach out and get him on. Maybe maybe he scores the game winner this week against uh, Nashville, and then we get him on, and it's double right. whammy. Jimmy yeah. making predictions. Here we go. <laughs> but, uh, look, man, it's exciting. You know, the goal shouldn't be just to get to the World Cup. That should be an expectation for a country like the United States. But. It, it's fun to to know, hey, we're back in this conversation. Might not be fun to come December when we're walking home from the group stage with one point, but uh, for right now, it's it's fun and we can dream. Uh, Mexico, they got to be in a group with Argentina and Poland. That's not an easy group to get out of either. You got it's Messi, fun. Lewandowski. So this is gonna make the uh, World Cup a little more fun again. Like I remember the last one, I you know I was doing the I was doing the. Uh, what were those stickers called that I was doing, man? The Panini mm-hmm. sticker book, mm-hmm. you know, it was so fun. I was going to like little trading events and we were all trading stickers and shit. And uh, it's more fun when your country is in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. A lot, a lot more fun. So that's about all I have for this week, my friend. You got anything else you want to say to our good listeners? Oh man, just one small thing. It looks like a couple KC, SKC Academy forwards. Alex Umana and Zacharias Escobar Bowie were called up to their uh, respective youth national teams. So that's kind of neat. The, the under 20 and whatnot. So very cool. I think they're working on like Olympic bids or world, you know, U 20 world cup coming up. So, yeah, I I don't know the exact dates, but it's, it's coming up at some point next year or so. Yeah. Hey, do you see children's mercy park's going to have a uh, concert? Oh, really? There, there is a concert series that was announced for like a two day arts and music festival. Hmm. And I don't think they've announced any, uh, any uh, acts yet. I don't think we know any musicians that will be there, but they are selling tickets. And I'm like, eh, I just can't buy a ticket without knowing who's there. I'm no. sorry. I just can't do it. No, I'm not. I'm not doing a mystery concert. <laughs> yeah, it's a mystery show. Uh, we've done that before. That was the uh, underground circus. Do you remember this back in 2014? Oh yeah, buddy, that was uh, they had a mystery uh, act, and it was Salt and Pepper. <laughs> I forgot about. that. I was pushing it real good, baby. That was a hell of a night. That was a <laughs> hell of a night. Oh man, well maybe it's Salt and Pepper again. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of this specific music festival, but I guess it's a two day thing. They were, they tweeted about it, so be on the lookout for that. Cool yeah well awesome well thank you all so much for listening sorry that uh sporting kc could not pull off a victory we didn't even talk about wrestlemania pat mcafee went nuts oh, man looks fantastic 
What so. was your, you watched it and you're not even a wrestling fan. So to mm-hmm. so to speak, but like, you're kind of a casual, you'll watch the big events or pay yeah. attention. I got to Peacock. News. So if there's a pay-per-view and there's something interesting that you tell me yeah. about, I'll be like, yeah, I'll turn in. SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, like those sure. are fun ones, you know, Hell Royal in a Cell. But yeah, but you, uh, you know, what was your favorite match of the weekend? Oh, and uh, why? Ma- what was it, Johnny Knoxville? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> uh, McAfee's just so much fun. I'm, I'm a Pat McAfee fan. I, I like his cool. show, his podcast, and and it you was like the way cool. he took that stunner. Well, he took it better than Vincent McMahon. My God, <laughs> they cut that out of their uh, Monday Night Raw recap. By the way. We can't show that. Part of me felt bad for Stone Cold because I'm like, this is probably the last stunner of his career he's delivering in ring. No, he ain't done. Dude, look how much fun so. he had. He took a he took a suplex on the cement ground. That's when like, that happened. I was like, oh, his neck, oh, his back. Oh, my God. We just killed he ain't Stone done. Cold. He probably had a blast. Uh, Vince McMahon almost ruined Pat McAfee's, you know, triumphant moment when he had to come in there and write in one more victory for himself. Yeah. So However, if I have... If I have arms like him at that age, I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> but I just, you could tell it meant a lot to McAfee. Like this is something that clearly he's wanted to do for a long time. And, and this just, what this wasn't just a bit, like he wanted yeah. to do a legitimately good job. You could tell he's trained for it. When he did the backflip off the turnbuckle and then jumped straight back up onto the third rope and then did a superplex. I was like, holy shit. It was wild. I'm, I'm telling you, the Johnny Knoxville thing was so much fun. Like I was nonstop laughing. I felt like I was watching an episode of Jackass. Like it I was did, just fun. I did like when we man uh, body slammed Sami Zayn. <laughs> yeah. like, we man, we man just came out from underneath the ring. I was like genius, <laughs> absolutely genius. <laughs> Everything about it was exactly what it should have been for that match. Sammy so. was pinned in a giant mouse trap, and it didn't work. Properly. This is how great he sold it, though. I, I was listening to stuff. When they went, the match was done, lights went out, and they were like doing their transition moments. He stayed in the mousetrap till someone helped him out. Amazing. Like he sold the shit out of it. Amazing. <laughs> That's how you work, man. That's crazy. It, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm not going to be a week in, week out guy, but it's, I, I, I see what happens on social media enough that like I knew Cody Rhodes probably coming back. So that was kind of something kind of that I was like, that was cool too. You know, we got some listeners by the way, that also watch a little wrestling. So Mm -hmm. my boss is a big fan. He was talking to WrestleMania with me this week. Yeah. So that's cool. uh, You know, there's enough people in my life that enjoy it enough that like, I I kind of, I hear enough that I can, I can catch up a little bit when it gets to the big events. So very cool. Very fun. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod, or shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. We'll be back next week after we play Nashville SC back at Children's Mercy Park. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Rock chalk, baby. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.